Welcome everybody to Zephyr's Corner, and I'd like to start out how I usually do. This is just my opinion. It is not medical advice. It is not something you have to do. As in all things, it's something for you to think about, ponder on, and go from there. So, good day everybody. Have yourself a seat, relax. We're going to talk today about the foundation of food and drink in society. For thousands of years, we have gotten together and shared both food and drink in bringing the community together. As a pagan and as a member of my family, this is very important. My parents, especially my mom, really pushed the idea of cooking onto me. And it was everything from baking pastries to making a great breakfast in the morning to looking at how to make bread and looking at how to cook a proper meal as well as shopping and budgeting. My brother then kind of took over in some ways because he was a fanatic about recipes and would always try different things. And my family was taught that one, you always at least try something. And two, there's a billion different aspects of food out there to try. So go for it. I am 59 years old, and I am a very accomplished cook, but I'm single, so I don't cook a lot for myself. And of course, with COVID now, it's very hard to cook for people that are coming over because I have no close family that are here in Edmonton, and uh, it's just not that safe right now to get together in groups, even small family groups. I run a Facebook food channel. And that's great because there's hundreds of hundreds of recipes on there. And in my spiritual practice, uh, I am pagan, of course, we have something during ritual called cakes and ale. And this is a time where we stop the actual spiritual formal ritual and sit down and share food and drink, which in itself is a huge ritual. There is something extremely warm and friendly and spiritual about people getting together and partaking in food and drink. It's absolutely stunning. We have, in my family, when I was very young, very young, <laughs> we would always get together at least a couple of times during the summer at an aunt's place, uh, one or the other, uh, out in the country, and we would get all the uncles and aunts and cousins and kids and the whole works together. We would get out mid-morning. We would play baseball. We would play games. We would have music. People would sing. People would play the violin or the piano. Um, the kids would run around like crazy all day. The food would then come out, and it was usually a potluck where everybody brought a large amount of food, and I mean a large amount of food. My family itself is Canadian. We have no heavy roots in anything that would promote the food, like we're not a Polish or Ukrainian or Italian family, but we still believed in good food and good company and good family. Then usually the booze would come out, the stories would start, and usually quite late at night, uh, when it was quite dark, the kids would all be curled up in the back of the car, and everybody would start to go home. 
Nowadays, I find that doesn't happen as much. Especially in our family, but also many other families. We're at that point in life, in my family anyway, where we get together more at funerals. And our funerals are based on what we used to do when we were young. I had a cousin pass away a number of years ago, and we had to wait till the spring because it was too cold to have a uh, a get-together with the family in the winter. And when we got together, we had a celebration of life, and it was a huge, beautiful celebration of life. Um, There was enough food to feed a small country's army. There was laughter, there was tears, there was music, there was jokes, there was reminiscing. And we all got together in a way we used to decades ago. Of course, with the COVID out now, it's very dangerous to get together in large amounts of groups. I just had a cousin pass just within the last uh, 30 days. And we're holding off her celebration of life until the spring, hopefully. And then I'm sure, knowing my family up north, it's going to be exactly the way that most of our passings are. It's going to be a huge celebration of life with enough food to feed a small army and a lot of fun and love and respect. This is what getting together and eating and drinking is about. It is to promote family. It's to promote ritual. It's to promote spirituality. There is something very relaxing and very spiritual about getting together in large groups to eat. We've been doing it for a long time. It used to be done when the hunts were completed, when the harvest was done, and people would get together and celebrate a good hunt or a good harvest. They would pull up all the crops. They would work on the canning, the drying, the preserving. They would work on the sharing with all neighbors to make sure everybody was fed. In the days of the hunt, they would do a huge hunt, and then they would come back and start to clean the animals, to work with every single piece they could of that animal for something to do with the village, and then they would have a huge feast. And this was to celebrate. Then they would preserve as much of the meat they could. Nowadays, there is something I practice called kitchen magic. And kitchen magic is merely the act of going into the kitchen and being a kitchen witch and cooking and brewing and making medicines and making herbal remedies and doing this stuff in the kitchen with love so we can celebrate with friends and family. During retreats, there was a few we'd have out by River Lodge And it was a very important part of the weekend retreat to go into the kitchen and cook the food for everybody. And everybody would want to come and do something. They would want to help because there's a bonding that's done between people when they're in a kitchen cooking. When they're putting all of their love and all of their energy and all of their respect into the food for everyone else that will eat it, this is a high form of kitchen magic. It's kitchen witching. It's basically a spell. And I know people have maybe having an issue with the word spell. So let's say a passing of energy into the food. Mothers did it all the time. 
mothers would sit all day and they would put all their energy into the food so their children and their husband can come home, this is decades and decades ago, and have a good meal. Italian mothers, Ukrainian mothers, I'm going to miss many, many cultures, but all of these mamas, the grandmas, they would sit down and pass the recipes down to their family. They would sit down and make these foods with loving hands. This is all part of the act of sharing food. Sharing food and sharing drink is immensely important. When you cook for other people, you can either use a recipe or not. I tend not to use recipes unless I'm baking because then you really do have to be cautious with what you're throwing in because some things do not react the same and you will not get your cakes, pastries, and cookies out exactly the same way. But there's still a lot of room for thinking outside the box. When you are cooking, then all heck could break loose. You can do anything you want. I love cookbooks, but I use them for ideas, not for the recipes themselves. I will look at something and say, oh, I never thought of that, or isn't this unique, or isn't this different? When you look at cooking, I use intuition. And I've been cooking for so long, I know that some things don't work. And do I have my failures occasionally? Oh, yeah. I still pull something out of the pot and go, yeah, that did work. <laughs> oh, boy, i got to change that idea. But most of the times, they'll come out and say, wow, that was absolutely fantastic. I can't believe that worked out well. There is also great healing in cooking, and especially cooking for others. As my podcast audience knows, I had PTSD quite bad after many, many years, just about four decades of working in healthcare and seeing things that I wish no one in their lifetime would ever see or go through or feel. And I stayed away from the kitchen for many years. And now I'm just starting to get back into the kitchen. Um, of course, we're not baking quite yet because it's really, really hot up here in, in Alberta, hotter than usual. And uh, I live in an apartment, so that won't be happening for a bit. But there's Instant Pots, and there's other ideas, and there's other things to use that are a little cooler. And I have now gotten back into preserving. So another way that we can share our food with others, especially in my case with family that are far away, are different types of preserving. This could be fermenting. This could be pickling. This could be canning, and canning could be either water bathing or pressure cooking. This can be um, dehydrating. All of these different aspects we can make for other people. So there is something I find personally extremely pleasing about opening up a package from friends or family and there's some type of food inside. My brother's wife would, used to years ago would send me baking. And I would get all these little cookies and squares and all these other things, which are so cool. My brother would grind up different herbs to make uh, different types of rubs or different types of spices. Uh, or he'd do up jerky. Or he'd do up some type of peanut mixture, uh, kind of like a trail mix. This year, I plan on making a lot of items for my family. Again, the aspect that our families are not together, we're not always seeing each other. But we still have that heavy ritual 
and tradition of sharing food. I have already made two different types of hot sauces. One hot enough I started crying when I tasted it, but I think my brother will like it. I have made barbecue sauces. I am in the process of starting, though this will take a while, some vanilla extract. I am going to dehydrate a number of different herbs and some ginger and some um, garlic and make different rubs, different uh, powdered um, spices. I plan on dehydrating a lot of stuff. I plan on canning a lot of stuff. And uh, there's many other things I want to make as well. Uh, I love making the soup packages where you have everything that you would put in your soup that is sealed in a bottle, uh, a jar, and then all you have to do is add water, butter, oil, etc. Anything that would spoil. This year I also plan on making some cookies and some other aspects where they're all in the raw form. All you have to do is add your water, milk, or eggs. And of course, I plan on canning. I'm a little cautious about pressure cooking, pressure canning, because I've never used it, before, never done it before. I have an Instant Pot, but you can't do that with an Instant Pot. You actually need a, pr a pressure cooker. And I'm a little nervous about those, just because I'm old enough to remember the stories of those things blowing up. But I have so many friends of mine tell me over and over again, it really isn't that dangerous. But almost everything you can water bath. And I have all the equipment for that. So you buy your jars, you sterilize them, you make your apple sauces, your jams, you, you do your dry potatoes or, or moist potatoes, you do your beans, you do your chilies, you do all of these different things. I throw them in a water canner uh, for the proper amount of time and then pop them out, let them cool, label them, and bam, they go away. And with me, I share a lot. I... I also make Master Tonic, which is a, um, works, uh, we've talked about it in other podcasts, it works as an anti-inflammatory, it works as an anti-biotic, um, works as a probiotic, it works as an antiviral, all of these different things to keep you healthy. It is not a cure, it is a remedy, and I share that with my friends and family. I make my own apple cider vinegar, which is not that hard to make. And I've put the recipe in other podcasts, but I'll throw in this one too. Um, take off the stem of your apple. Chop up your apple really fine. Remove the seeds if you want to, but they're not really going to hurt you in this small quantity. Throw them in a large jar. For each apple you use, use one large teaspoon or tablespoon, depending on how sweet you want your apple cider vinegar, and then you cover the water and you let it sit, usually up to four weeks, and then remove all the apples, let it sit another four weeks, and you've got this beautiful apple cider vinegar. Um, there are many things to share with people and friends when you are away. My next venture will be ginger beer. And I'm using it in the fermented style. So what I do is I take sugar and water and crushed up ginger. You mix it all together. Then you add a tablespoon of mixed up ginger and mixed up sugar to the mixture on a constant basis for a number of days to make what's called the bug. 
other people call it the mother and then you make your uh, your ginger beer after that using the bug of more ginger uh, and water and sugar um, it's a unique process uh, look it up online another thing people love to make is beer and wine I have not tried making my own beer yet, but I'd like to. Uh, I have a nephew, Mike. He used to make stunning beer, and uh, it was very easy to make. I have made wine before, and I've made port before. And every fall, I continue to say I'd like to make mead. I haven't yet, but it's still on my, my list of things to do. And I share that with family. I also have made in the past, and would like to again if I could find the proper mix a stunning bodega port and I fortify it so when the port was done you would then pour a large bottle of brandy and more sugar into the mix let it set another few weeks and that would increase the alcohol content this was stunning to cook with and very nice cool um, because I just like my port cool in a glass after supper at night or with some unique cheeses and crackers it does not have to be fancy to prepare something to sit down with friends and family and eating I just mentioned something and that was cheese there are a lot of different cheeses out there and they all mix on the palate extremely well with different types of nuts or different types of cheeses or sorry different types of fruits or different types of drinks and it can be a fun event just to have everybody bring their favorite cheese some crackers some different types of breads some different types of fruits a couple of different types of ports wines ice wines etc and just sit and do taste tests with your friends sit down relax nice warm summer day cut up the cheese have everything all out and everybody can experiment to try what works best on the palate you do not have to be an absolutely stunning chef or cook to prepare great meals for your friends and family to get together and practice that tradition and ritual of getting together and eat and drink I have seen people who say they can't boil water make very good foods. We can't do everything successfully. I'm a good cook, but I cannot make sauerkraut for the life of me. (laughs) Every single time I try, it goes bad. And I'm not really sure why, because I follow directions immensely in this case. I also cannot make pierogies. I don't know why. I cannot get the dough right. It just will not work for me. I can make great bread. I can make stunning wontons. I can make all these different foods, but I cannot do that. I don't know. just doesn't seem to work for me. <clears throat> but I take that in a stride, say, but I'm good at other things. So if you are a cook, and I don't mean professional, I just mean you like to sit in the kitchen and do things. Find what works best for you. Find what you enjoy doing. Maybe find a tool that works well. Um, I've fallen in love with my Instant Pot. I can do absolutely anything in it. Well, I shouldn't say that. You can do most everything in it. Um, And when it's 37, 38 degrees Celsius up here in Edmonton, and the apartment is red hot, and you don't really want to start cooking anything, I found I could cook up really nice hamburgers, even steaks, in the 
Instant Pot because once it's finished, all you have to do is turn it on, saute, and sear it on both sides. No, the steaks are not the same as I could do in a cast iron frying pan or that I could do on a barbecue or a grill, but they are very nice. Find what works for you. Hit the channels that show all the different recipes, all the different ways to cook, all the different fun things to do. We're in the middle of it. Well, actually, we're in the beginning of a pandemic. We're not in the middle. We're in the beginning of a pandemic. And this is going to last for a while. The influenza of 2000, or sorry, of 1918, 1919, 1920, 1921 lasted for years and had multiple spikes and lows and highs. Mostly because people are idiots. They don't take care of themselves or others. But still, it's going to happen this time too. The COVID virus is not going to be over the fall by any chance. And you can tell that by the way people are doing things. Uh, the fighting about, I don't want to wear a mask. It's, it's my right, I can say no. The, it's my right to get together with a thousand people on a huge beach because that's my right. We know that COVID is not going to go away. And part of it is because people are jerks. This now gives us a chance to sit down and do things we've always wanted to do. So if you've always wanted to make a cake, go ahead and make one. I don't know how to make a cake. I don't know what ingredients to put in. Well, that's not a problem. Go to the store and buy a box cake. Add your, your fluid and a little bit of oil and you add your eggs and bake a cake. This does not mean that you are not a good cook. It means that as you're starting out on your journey to get this food ready, to prepare for your family and friends, I use the box mix. Next time you may decide, well, you know, that was actually pretty easy. I'm going to try and make my first cake from scratch. And you'll find it's very easy. I don't know how to make cookies. I'm scared to make cookies. I'm not going to make them well. Then go to the store and buy the cookie dough. And just basically bake your cookies. And if you're happy with that and things work really well, and you realized how fun it was to do that, then maybe one of these days you'll take your sugar and your flour and your eggs and everything you need to put into your little uh, mixer, and you'll actually make some cookies and then bake them and say, oh, that was so easy. Sharing food brings pleasure. When it was a little cooler... I had a person I knew on base that was selling cookies for her daughter for a fundraiser, and it was the frozen cookie dough. I bought two containers from her, and of course then COVID hit, (laughs) and I never got them for a few months because I wasn't on the base, I wasn't working. And when I did start my one day a week on the base, I got my package mix from this friend of mine, and when it was cool, I actually made up about 60-some-odd ginger snap cookies. And then I put them in a jar, and I took them to work. And I wound up going around work sharing cookies. And there's something, again, very special about sharing food with people. I am. I work for those that you don't know. I work for the Department of National Defense of Canada. I am a civilian nurse. And I work with teaching medics, doctors, nurses, for, uh, pharma, uh, pharmacists, uh, sorry, PAs, uh, nursing officers, nurse practitioners, etc. And there is something really special when you walk around the unit I work in and you're handing out cookies to everybody. And everybody gets so excited because they got a cookie. 
I mean, that, that cookie, they weren't expecting it. They got a whole big cookie, or a few of them. It used to be, years ago, a tradition that when you went to somebody's place, you would bring something. And it was just common practice. You know, hey, we're having a we're having a barbecue. What can I bring? It's always the first thing you would ask. What can I bring? Well, you could bring the buns, or you could bring the ice, or can you bring a dessert, or can you bring a salad? Again, there is something missing, I think, in today's society, where we don't have our get-togethers as often as we did. We don't share our food as often as we used to. Of course, right now we're in the middle of we're beginning of COVID, so of course that makes a big difference, but. There is something magical about sharing food with people. I'm single, so I cannot make large batches of food unless I'm going to freeze it. Now again, we talked about preparation of food, how to make food, how to do food. There's the freezer. So you can make up different things. Let's say you really want to be energetic one day and you want to make something really unique for your friends and family. So you decide you want to make homemade sausages. I happen to have a mixer that has an attachment on it that you can actually sleeve your sausage with. I haven't used it yet, but you can. I have the actual grinders, so you can grind the meat with the spices and preservatives and everything you need to do, and then of course the tubes where you would push the meat into. But you don't have to be that fancy. If you decide that you would like to make sausages for friends and family, then all you really need is some type of grinder. And you grind up the different types of meats you would like to use, the spices you would like to use, the binder you would like to do. And when it's all ground up, all you basically have to do is form it. So if you decide you want to use, let's say, a hamburger press, or even a cookie, a round cookie press, and you want to make sausage patties and then once they're done you freeze them and when they're frozen you can then uh, vacuum seal them and if you want to tube them instead and you don't want to put you don't want to go through the whole hassle of pushing them into the tubes uh, the pig skin whatever then all you have to do basically is roll them into shape squeeze them hard make sure they stay and if they have the proper binders they will stay and then freeze and vacuum seal them then you could wind up going to somebody's house and imagine the surprise on their face by saying, hey, I brought you a dozen breakfast patties. Something very simple, very easy. And grinders are not that hard to get. You can get the metal ones that just hook up on the side of the counter for moderately cheap. There's other things we can do for people. There's other things we can make. Uh, of course, making something different and unique can be very fun. I talked about vanilla extract that I'm making for the family. Vanilla extract is something that takes anywhere between, well, they talk about three months to 12 months to actually have it brew properly. But let's say we want to go with the 12 months. Then you find a place, and there's a really good vanilla bean co-op on Facebook uh, that you can buy your vanilla beans fairly cheap compared to what you buy them in the store. And you have an entire co-op of people to help you with ideas. And then you don't have to always do it in vodka. A lot of people, when they make it, they'll put it in vodka. But I'm seeing on this co-op that people are using vodka. They're using bourbon. 
they're using um, rum. They're using all these different alcohols to make what they want to make. So you take X, you open up your vanilla bean, you take X number of ounces of vanilla bean, you put it inside the alcohol, and you walk away. And a year later, you take it out. And of course, you're checking it every so often, shaking it, making sure everything's okay. But a year later, you then bottle it. And you've got these beautiful, anywhere between two and four ounce containers of pure vanilla extract that you can now share with your friends. Easy to do. You can make pickles. You can make relish. You can make jams. We're home. We're not doing anything. The kids are bored. Everybody needs something to do. Let's start sharing and preserving foods for each other. The farmers, the farmers markets, the places to go buy your food is overflowing with food. Everybody needs food. Everybody needs to get rid of their stuff. Throw your mask on. Please throw your mask on. Go to the market in a safe manner. Help the farmers. Help the producers out by buying a bunch of their fruit and vegetables. And then come home and do something with it. Well, you know, I at least I don't really know how to can and dehydrate. Get yourself a dehydrator. And they're not that expensive. Or you can go with a large square trade expensive ones. And dehydrate. You can dehydrate egg. You can dehydrate potato. You can dehydrate all your vegetables. You can dehydrate your fruit. You can make beautiful fruit roll-ups for your friends and family. Um, you can dehydrate your own spices. You can dehydrate your own spice mixes. So if you want to make up a really unique Italian spice mix, then you can take all the Italian spices you want to make, find them at a farmer's market, or find them at a store, or find them somewhere, dehydrate them, crush them up to the consistency you want, and then seal them and you're ready to give out those as gifts. There are so many ways for us to continue now, even during a time of crisis, to share our food and drink with others. If you want to try and make a beer, try and make a beer. There's many places that will help you do that. Now, of course, there are laws and regulations. In Alberta, it is legal for us to make alcohol in our homes. I know it used to be in BC, and I don't know if it's still the same, but it used to be in BC. It was not legal. You had to go to a center and make it there. I'm not too sure if that's changed. There's wines, there's ports, there's mead, there's beer. There's so many different spirits that you can make. And you don't have to sit and, and make them the normal, the, the way where we throw them in the carboy and add everything and do the yeast and etc. There's easier ways to do things. We can, if we have a blender, wind up making many different liqueurs that all we're doing is adding certain ingredients and certain sweeteners and certain flavors and adding some booze to it afterwards and you can make some really nice liqueurs that you just throw in your fridge and then when you go visit a friend you can take a small little bottle of liqueur to give to them you can take a cake you can bake so many different things in so many different ways i can actually bake small little round cupcakes inside my instant pot and not increase the heat in my apartment or when it's cool enough to bake, I can make, you go to the store and you buy your little mini cupcake uh, containers 
and you can make up like 100 cupcakes in an afternoon and then you can freeze them or you can just start giving them out to all your friends and family. It is extremely, as I said before, healing with my PTSD and everything else. I found getting into the kitchen and baking and cooking and, and making things for other people was very, very, very healing. And there is something to be on the giving and receiving end of receiving food and drink that's very important. So remember, there are so many ways that we can cook, bake, make meals, make drinks to share with friends and family. There is so much tradition and ritual and magic and love in getting together with a large group of friends and family and just eating and talking and chatting. It is a tradition that has been around forever and will continue hopefully to be around for many, 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 many hundreds of years. Do not be afraid to hop in the kitchen and do something. If you cannot get into the kitchen and do something, and there is a group of people getting together, then go and buy something. I would suggest look around for some not super large company, but some local producer who does something very unique in their own kitchen or their own small shop, and pick up something and share it with friends and family. Here in Edmonton on Facebook, there's something called Marketplace. And there are people here in the city that make mostly very unique foods based on their country. Um, and you can find some stunning foods on there that they cook up in large quantity and then sell from their house. And this is a very unique way to, one, help your community as well as get something really unique and interesting for your friends and family. So if you don't have time to cook, if it's just not the proper temperature to cook, if you have no time to cook, if you have, you know, everything is too busy in your life. And a quick note, if everything is too busy in your life that you can't even sit down and take five minutes to cook something in the kitchen, your life is too busy, you need to look at it. Then find something in the community, help that little person and share it with your friends and family. Do not ever fall into the aspect where somebody says you cannot do that. I live in an apartment with no balcony and I do not have a barbecue, but with a cast iron frying pan, some butter, some herbs, let's say thyme and rosemary and maybe a little slice or two of ginger plus some garlic, I can wind up frying up a absolutely stunning steak. And maybe I'll fry it up totally, or maybe I'll fry it up partially and then bake it, or all these different ways I can make a steak that's just as good, if not better, than the barbecue. So do not be afraid to experiment. Do not be afraid to go into that kitchen and have yourself an absolutely wonderful time trying to do something, to prepare something, to prepare a dish, to prepare a drink, to prepare an herb, to produce a new spice, to dehydrate, to anything, can, preserve, ferment, pickle, that you will not have yourself a great time, you will, and that you, cannot sh you can then turn around and share it with friends and family and continue that tradition 
of the magic of food and drink with friends and family. I hope yourself you have a great day. Be well. Hop into the kitchen. Have a great time. Bring a family. And this is really important. If you have kids, make them help. They'll wind up seeing that it's very fun and you're now passing on a tradition to your children that they hopefully will pass on to their children's children. So if you have a recipe for pierogies that your great-grandmother passed down to you, pass them down to your children. Make sure they know the tradition of the food that your family has always loved. Do not be afraid to go in there and experiment. And my blessings to you and your family. As always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to me. You have yourself an absolutely fantastic day because you know what? You deserve it. Please listen in next time I have a podcast. Enjoy yourself and you have a fantastic, fantastic life. Thank you.